Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you that we can watch this and know that you are with us. God, I pray that your spirit and your word would go forth. God, we, we know for certain that the gospel of Jesus Christ is not bound. And so today, God, I pray that you would continue to open hearts and open minds as we walk through this together. We love you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I wanted to say happy Resurrection Sunday. It's, a, it's an amazing time and an amazing thing to understand and know that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And I know that a few months ago, as we were all planning and making our Easter arrangements, that this was not what we had in mind. I know for sure that none of us were thinking that this was how things were going to go. And, and I'm, rem- I'm reminded that the first Resurrection Sunday, the first Easter Sunday, was not how anything or anyone had planned either. That, that Mary was going to the tomb to prepare a burial. She was not expecting what she encountered. And so today as we think about, we have our expectations about life and how things should be happening. Know that God is in the business of shattering our expectations and taking on some new and amazing things just like he did on Resurrection Sunday. Today we're talking about Jesus raising from the dead. And and the resurrection really uh, points to two major things. Number one, Jesus is who he says he is. I think we have to remind that, that Jesus is who he says he is. He proved it by way of the resurrection. He called his shot. He told us that he was going to give his life. He told us that on the third day he was going to rise again. He did that multiple times. He also said that he was God. And, and, And we see this because only God can do what Jesus did on that day. Number two, that we get to see his power and his forgiveness of sin and his promise of eternal life on display. That we know that Jesus rose from the dead and because of that we can know that our sins can be forgiven and that we can have eternal life with Jesus. It's an awesome and incredible and amazing thing. And as we've been leading up to uh, this Sunday, we've been talking about what does it mean to be in Christ? That that phrase happens and appears throughout the scriptures all over the place. And so we have this series called In Christ. And so two weeks ago, Pastor Chase talked about being justified, being made right, having our sins forgiven. We were justified. We were made right. And last week, Pastor Ned uh, talked about the process of becoming more like Jesus day by day. It's called sanctification, this process of putting to death old things and being raised to new life and new things. That's the process of becoming more like Jesus. And so today we're going to be talking, we're going to continue on what does it mean to be in Christ. And today we're going to talk about union. What does it mean to have union in Christ, to be united with Christ, to have union with him? Now I don't know about you, but what happens when you think of the word union um, I, I don't know what, what images uh, come to your mind when you think of the word union. For me, um, I grew up a police officer's son and an electrician's grandson. So I think automatically I go to like labor unions. And when I was in college, um, I worked in the student union. Maybe you think of uh, the players union or the state of the union or, or, uh, or, or a loving union. I don't know what you think of when you think of the word union, what, what images come to mind. But 
but to be united and to be in unity means to be that they are in harmony with one another. To have union means that you, that you come under and you are in union, you are in harmony, that you grow with one another. And unity, unity is this amazing thing, but unity is very hard to achieve and it's very hard to maintain. I think about like all the things that have to happen to have unity and to maintain unity. I mean, we think of things like you need humility, you need to make sacrifice. You need to have submission. No wonder unity is so hard to achieve. No wonder union is so hard to maintain. And yet, we see in Christ, we have union with him. And so today, we're going to be talking about what does it mean to be united with Christ. Because although these things on, on human effort are, are very hard to achieve and maintain in Christ, when we have this union, you're going to experience things and a joy that you've never had before. It's this incredible thing to be united with Christ. And so when we are talking about being uni- in union with Christ, we're going to go to uh, the book of Romans and chapter 6 is where we're going to be spending our time today. So if you have a Bible, um, go there, whether it be in print or on your phone. It's good to keep the word of God before you as we talk about these things. And so um, in chapter 6, starting in verse 5, we have this big idea and then how it flushes itself out all the way through uh, verse 11. And so uh, chapter 6, verse 5 of Romans says this, If we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. If you've been united with him in a death like his, you will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Um, the, the New Testament of the Bible, it's the, it's the last third of your Bible, it really focuses on the life of Jesus when he was here on earth and then the implications of that, the start of the church and the mission of Jesus moving forward all the way to its uh, completion. And, and the, the, the New Testament was written in the Greek language originally. And the word um, united in Greek, uh, the word that they use is really amazing. It's the word symphitos. Um, symphitos is where we get the word symphony. It's this beautiful thing. If you ever been to a symphony, you ever you ever watched a symphony, you ever listened to Bittersweet Symphony. I'm dating myself, but okay. Um, but if you've ever seen a symphony, it's this incredible, incredible thing where where people come together and they all have their talents. They all bring them under, and the, there's no showboating, but it's all under the submission and guidance of a skilled conductor. And when, when everybody plays their part, we get to have this sound like you wouldn't ever have before. And what we're seeing in the resurrection is that Jesus has been conducting these things all the way along. It was his plan all the way along. And just like some symphonies have like these low ebbs and these different movements and these different sounds, what we see is that Jesus has skillfully conducted this beautiful narrative all the way through of his birth, life, death, and resurrection. That, that this was part of the symphony all along. This was part of the movement that Jesus was creating. And on Resurrection Sunday, we get to see how, how the cadence and the tempo and the crescendo uh, of what was on display and what was planned. It was this beautiful explosion of sound and joy on that Easter morning. And it says, it says if we've been united with him 
if we've been in symphony with him in a death like his, certainly, certainly we will be in symphony in a resurrection like his. And so we're going to see these two things on display, union in death and union in resurrection. It goes on in Romans 6, starting in verse 6. 6 and 7 talks about union in death. It says, We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we no longer would be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. We know that the old self was crucified in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. It says, we know that the old self was crucified with Christ. We knew that the old self was in symphony with his death. The old self. This is, the, this is what we all are when we're born on this earth. We have this old self. This old self is, is turning away from God constantly. Constantly turning away from God. We want to do it ourselves. And we don't want to submit to anybody, especially God. We don't want to obey his commands. We want to do whatever it is we want to do. We want to make our own one-man band, and we don't want to be a part of God's symphony. That's, that's our old self. It's full of sin and regret and shame and darkness and all these different things that we've, we've tried to make this about ourselves. And we know that this is our old self. And when we come to this spot of knowing that we need Jesus, when we come to this broken moment, this humble moment, where we know that we can't do this on our own, we give our lives to Jesus, and Jesus takes our old self, and he puts it on the cross. That's what he did. He says, our old self was crucified with him. Our old self, the, the, the old self was crucified with Jesus. Think about this. Our old self, the, the, the best, proper, and only way to deal with our old self is to kill it. Now, I know that sounds brutal, and I know that sounds pretty harsh, but we got to understand, like, what does our old self do? It pulls us into slavery. And we sin, and we just get pulled down into slavery. We get shackled in slavery's darkness. So Jesus doesn't bargain with our old self. He doesn't negotiate with our old self. He doesn't coax our old self. He puts it to death. And when we give our lives to Jesus, he crucifies our old self with him so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Think about that. He kills it to free us, that that we're no longer a slave to our old self and a slave to our past. We're no longer a slave to that inclination that wants to do everything our own way. The guy who wrote this, the Apostle Paul, who, who was under the guidance of the Holy Spirit when he was writing this scripture, the Holy Spirit was dictating to him what to write, he, he had to have been thinking about his old self. You see, Paul was a guy who hated Christians, hated Jesus, threw people in jail who were worshipers of Jesus, gave approval to people who were murdering Christians. Like, sat with approval as he watched people being brutally murdered for their faith. And he says, we know that that old self was crucified with Christ. Later in Galatians, he would say, I've been crucified with Christ, and it is I no longer live, but Christ in me. 
that we have this union with him. We have this symphony with him in his death. That Jesus' death brought us into symphony of bringing our own self, our old self, to death with him. And that's great news. That's great news because in a way we feel like we had this huge debt that we couldn't pay, right? And somehow we got brought up to even. Like we wiped the slate clean. And so often we think that, that this is what happens. Jesus wiped our slate clean. Now he says, no, don't screw it up. Like we got to zero, right? So don't, just don't do anything else dumb and then we'll be okay. Don't sin anymore and then you're going to be okay. And that's what we think. Often what happens is we're like, okay, Jesus got us back up to zero and now I can do it on my own again. I don't need, I don't need the, conducting, the conduction of Jesus. I, I can do this on my own again. But we know that that doesn't work. And the beautiful thing and the amazing thing is that Jesus doesn't just leave us at ground zero. He doesn't just bring us back up to level and says, okay, slate's clean. He brings us back up to that. And then on top of it, he lavishes his mercy and his grace upon us. I mean, he, he really pours it out. It's, it's really amazing. How much so? Verse 8. <laughs> now, if we have died with Christ... We believe we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. That if we died with Christ, we trust that we will live with him. If we believe that Jesus, we've died with Christ, we also believe that we will live with him. That we'll be with him. And I look to, the, I look to both the cross and the empty tomb as verification of this. We've died a death and we'll be resurrected to a new life. We died with him, we'll be raised with him. And the cross and the empty tomb are this beautiful reminder to us that our old self is dead. And now we live a new life. A life to God. A life under the conduction of the creator of the universe who determines the tempo and the tone and the volume and when to play and when to pause, that we come under the leadership of the skilled conductor, the God of the universe. That we've been our old self and our one-man band, that's all dead. And being raised, being raised with Christ. He says the death he died, he died once for all, that he will never die again. In Romans uh, 6.23, later on, it says, For the wages of sin is death. And Jesus went to the cross and paid for the wages that you and I deserve. He paid for him all. Now listen, this is how amazing and how infinitely valuable Jesus is. He did this once, and that's all he needed. He did it once, and that's all he needed. He died it once for all. And so when we come to Jesus and we're like, oh, I don't, I don't know if this is, you know, what we're saying, you know, if we're like, I don't know if God can forgive me. What we're saying is, I don't know if God's valuable enough to forgive all of my sin. 
And we need to put away that old self. And we need to put away that old line of thinking and that condemnation. Because we need to understand that Jesus died once for all. That Jesus' value is so high, infinitely worthy, that one death on the cross was enough to cover the sins of all who would come to him. All of our sins to all of us who would submit our lives to him. He's that worthy. He's that valuable. He says he died this sin once for all and he will never do it again. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. And the life that Jesus lives, he now lives to the Father. It says he lives to God. It means that he, the mission was completed. He's now sitting, seating, seated, seating, seated, seated. Seated. There we go. There's the word. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. It's this amazing thing to know that Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit, in loving union, welcome other people into that union. He says, consider, verse 11, so you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. The word consider is this, keep mental record. Remember, remember, bear in mind. He says, so you got to remember, follower of Jesus, you have to remember that your old self is dead and you've been raised to new life in Christ. Then the life we now live We live to God. We're part of his symphony. We're part of his symphony. And two weeks ago when Pastor Chase was talking about justification, meaning we've been made right, we've been invited into the symphony, and we know that we'll never be removed from the symphony because we've been made right by Jesus. He's the one who makes us right. And last week we saw how we become more like Jesus. Sanctification. And and as we take this illustration, we think about it this way. That our lives are constantly being tuned to the direction and the guidance and the leadership of the master conductor. That, that this process now of living this out, we want to be the best and fullest expression of what Jesus has done in our lives. So we're constantly being tuned. We constantly got to be looking at the conductor. We constantly have to remember when to play and when to rest. Because Jesus is doing all of these things in our lives. And when we step out of line or we get out of place, he tells us. We have his word. We have the body of Christ, the, the believers, the followers of Jesus. And we have, we have his Holy Spirit that helps us constantly being brought back into line with the conductor. To be united with Christ is to be a part of his symphony. And to, and to give our stories and to live our lives in such a way that is part of of the greater story, that the symphony isn't about us. We've tried to do the one-man band. All of us have. We try to, to play louder than everybody else. We try to do things our own way. And all we ended up doing was making noise. But if we give our lives to Jesus and that old self and all those desires just get put to death, then we can finally live a new life, a life that is free. A life that is enjoyable. A life filled with hope and purpose. And maybe you're here today. 
Maybe you're watching this video and you're like, you know what? I want to play my part. I've, I've been a follower of Jesus. I need to play my part. How, what's my next step? What do, what do I do? It's about listening to the Spirit of God that dwells within you. It's about reading the Word of God, which informs our minds. It's about being a part of the people of God, meaning have conversations with others around you, um, even over a phone call, to be able to, to, okay, how do I continually walk this out? Because we're all on this journey together. And maybe you're here today and you're like, you know what? I'm not in Christ. I, I haven't submitted my I've been going to church or I haven't gone to church or I don't know how I got on this website or whatever, but I know that I'm watching this video and I know that I am not a follower of Jesus. And if that's you today and you're here today and you're talking about that today and that's what's going on, in your heart and in your mind. How does somebody become in Christ? How does somebody become a follower of Jesus? I want to focus on three things that are really helpful. Humility, sacrifice, and submission. Humility is this, that we recognize that the one-man band that we've been trying to do isn't working. It's led you to pain, it's led you to isolation, it's led you to destruction, it's led you to guilt and shame. We have to recognize that the cause of that is our own doing. Our own doing is our undoing. And so to be humble enough to recognize that, that's the first step. The next one is sacrifice. And you're like, ooh, that sounds scary. But what God asks us to sacrifice is our old self, to give it to him. So all of the sin, all the junk, all the garbage, right? We bring it to Jesus, and Jesus crucifies it. Jesus was our sacrifice for us. So we have to recognize that Jesus paid for it for us. There has to be a recognition of that sacrifice. And then we become living sacrifices it says that we submit ourselves daily to God and say, okay, God, now what? And that's the submission piece. So humility, recognizing that we've made a mess of things. Sacrifice, realizing that Jesus paid for us. And three, submission, going, Lord, would you become my conductor? Would you lead my life? I want to be a part of what you're doing. I don't want this old self anymore. And even when it creeps up, we can come back to Jesus and go, God, I'm out of tune. I'm out of step. Please conduct my life. And we're constantly learning to do that. That's the submission piece where Jesus' mission becomes the most important thing of how you live your life. It's about humility. It's about sacrifice. It's about submission. And in a moment, if you've made that decision and you're like, Yep, I need this. I want this. If that's you today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray in a little bit. And I want, you to, I want you to pray with me. Okay, It's not about magic words. It's not about some secret mantra. It's about a heart condition. right? It's about humility, sacrifice, and submission. So I want you just to pray with me. 
And if you, if you did that, after we pray, I want you to do something. I want you to pause this video after we pray. And on this website, there's a connection card. There's an online connection card. I want you to click the link. I want you to fill it out and say, I want to be a follower of Jesus. And we want to follow up with you. We want to help you in this. We want to celebrate with you. We want to connect with you. If you need a prayer request, if you want to be a part of this thing, then what we're going to ask you to do is we're going to ask you to pause the video after I pray, fill out the connection card, and then come back and play the last song. We're going to sing together again. Okay, so, so even though we're in a lot of different places, the Spirit of God is in all places. And so even while we're in our homes, we can have union with Christ and union with each other even when we're not in the same room. Our brothers and sisters across the world are all celebrating these things. So I'm going to pray, then I want you to pause, I want you to fill out the card, and then I want you to come back and let's sing together. Okay, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this day. And Lord, if there are people watching this who want to be a part of your symphony, people who understand that they've been outside of your plan, Lord, I, I pray that they would just pray with me as we say these things. Lord Jesus, I understand that the way I've been living my life is not in accordance with the way that you would have me live. Lord, I recognize that the, the death and the sin and the darkness and the shame I recognize that those were my doing. I recognize that it was my decisions and my uh, heart's desire to turn away from you that has led me into these things. I, I want to recognize that. I also recognize, Jesus, that, that this is why you came to this earth, that you came and died on a cross to take care of all of those sinful things that I have done. God, I thank you that, that your death on the cross was enough to cover these things. I believe that you have cleansed me and that your cross stands as a reminder that you have forgiven sins and sinners. And God, with that new reality, knowing that my old self was in symphony on the cross, my new self, my new life is in symphony with your resurrection. And Lord, I submit my life to you. I give it to you. Please lead me and conduct me. And where I step out of line, give me the strength to come back and call me back, Lord. And thank you that you are welcoming in many in this. We love you, Lord Jesus, so very, very, very much. And we worship you today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen.